people feel like they're not listened to enough, right? And then you add all the sales stigma on top of that. And it's, if you just do a good job of listening in most conversations, if there's a need, they will talk themselves into it. You just have to show up and ask some really great questions and provide, uh, you know, enough room for them to be honest with you. Right. Um, it's that's, funny that that's really what it comes down to. Uh, so we have, uh, we have, we're having another guest scheduled here in the next day or two, but it, it kind of brings into that point right there that you're talking about is like, what, what from a sales side do you feel is a good balance of conversation? Oh, good question. Good question. Right. The, the golden metric, right. Is you want to be about 70, 30, right. And the, what's going to freak some people out. That doesn't mean 70% talking. That means 70% listening, right? You, Your prospect you. <laughs> should be doing the majority of the talking, right? They, they should be doing 70% of the talking. Now, when, when, when we think about this and we think about like why people get into sales, right? Because everyone has had an uncle, well, you'd like to talk to someone, you should be in sales and stuff. And so it just kind of generates this like wrong idea active listening is always better than selling. Like, well, let me tell you why you need us and blah, blah, blah. And we've been around for this long and everything else like this. And as opposed to doing all that, Hey Nelson, I'm curious, like what's really important to you and the person that you work with on this kind of thing? Cause it might not be how long you've been in business. It might not be about your outcomes. It might just be that they feel like they can trust you. Right. Which goes back to, you know, the personalities make decisions a different way. Like I make decisions off of data. And if you don't have any data, I can't go with you. I can't, I can't buy from someone who doesn't have like actual history and data. Philosophical knowledge doesn't do anything for me at this point. Right. So I, I talk to like a lot of marketers, I get pitched all the time because I'm a business owner and it's like, great. What are you going to do whenever it's not in line with, with where it should be? And you'll get a whole lot of people who are like, well, you don't have to worry about that because we're going to smash it. I am worried about it. It's all I know how to do, right? So if you can't give me, well, John, we're, we're actually going to go into look at this and this and this and this and this. I just think you're full of it, right? And not even in like a negative way. I just know that I can't buy from you, right? Well, I think it goes into that, in, into the motif, you know, that we've talked about earlier is is that, that they have the ability to pitch, right? They don't really have the ability to sell. Like, and exactly. part, part of that aspect is you touched on it a little bit before is like those, those root base points of, you know, well, if you just pitch and numbers and things like that, there's one thing that is, is always rudimentary and any close in anybody is having those anchor points to be able to combat reluctance, right? Nobody yeah. is going to just be like, here's my credit card. Please take buy from me, please, please. Right. Like mm -hmm. there's going to be other points that are in that it's it, especially, I mean, they will if it's a $50 product, right? There's those scientific studies, like if it's under $200 or under $499, something like that, like there's a 70% chance they'll pull out a credit card. But if you get in anything above that mark, like you have to have, you're going to get reluctance no matter yep. what, right? And if you're just pitching, then you don't have any of that relationship aspect to come back and, and gravitate why you're even pitching, yes. right? Yeah. So talk to, talk to us a little bit about like, what some of those questions, because I, I, I love, I still, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I still keep that, the 10 questions from when we first met, uh, <laughs> because they are one of those things I came from, you know, my background growing up was in MCI. Um, mm -hmm. and that was very, very much pitching. Like yep. there was no needs analysis in that shit. Like we were, we've got a coupon. You just switched, switch back to us. We'll give you a free month and come back. Like it was pitch, pitch, pitch. You mm -hmm. did 150 to 200 a day 
And if you were just smooth and you did it quick enough, like people liked you, like sit it with maybe threw a joke in there, but that's not what we can do with, you know, 1500, $2,000, $3,000 packages because they don't have that thing. Well, Oh, this is just phone service. This isn't something they just throw away. This is their livelihood. Right. So talk to more about those questions and, and I, the, the emotional stuff that they elicit, I guess. So the, them from even as well like the some of the ones that like i love the one that you you used to say about you know what the impact if you don't resolve that like i mean that's something that it's pretty logical but it's not something that because you it's very very personal that's extremely yeah. personal <laughs> right yeah um my coach had this had this rule <laughs> that the that the thing they want to talk about is never the real pain point right so they come in and they say i want to grow okay great Nike wants to grow this year, but they're not in dire straits about growing it, right? And they might not want to grow in the way that I would help them grow. They probably wouldn't because they're operating in a level that I'm not operating at, right? And that's totally okay. So this comes back to really understanding your avatar, how they want it to, how they want it to be done. How do you want to deliver your service for the people that you work with? Because, you know, you have a method, right? Um, one of my favorite books is is the E-Myth, right? And, and he talks about this in delegation. Even if it's something you hate, you have a method and a manner and an expectation how it's done. And if you just show up and you're like, oh, great, you're hired, please do this. It's going to be incredibly likely you're going to hate what they do with that because while you didn't enjoy doing it, at least you were doing it and you knew what you were looking at. When you look at most sales, there's always a different version of getting it done, right? You might be doing pay-per-click advertising on Google. You could be doing Facebook ads. Like it's still growth, but do you want to grow the way that we're going to help you grow? And that is about clarity being more important than a maybe is really what it comes down to, right? We have a chapter in the book and it's all about being intentional in your sales conversations, right? And this goes back to your personality because some people are like extroverts and they'll take any meeting they possibly can because every meeting has value and they just want to be in front of people. Okay, well, that's going to lead to potentially lots of wasted time. And that is just something sales has got a lot of time built into it anyway, because that's just how the role works. But on the other side of it, you have these introverts who don't want to be talking to everybody all day long. I'm one of these people. I'm not I'm not an extrovert. I can play one on TV. But on the weekends, I sit here in this room. I play video games. I talk to nobody because I'm recharging the battery. Right. I'm aware that I'm an introvert. I'm aware that I have to push myself to go do these things that I do for my business. And that also means that I also take time very meaningfully to recharge and for balance. Right. So thank you. So took me a long time to get here. Um, But when when we start thinking about like questions, (laughs) you know, so much time is spent following up with bad prospects, like and just chasing and chasing and chasing. And so many people have this as part of their methodology, right? Like you've heard it as well as I have follow up until they block you follow up until you die, you know, or, or like, and all this stuff. And it's just like, what a nightmare. Yeah, hang up or buy. Yeah. <laughs> like I would rather build a situation so that way I can get clarity. Right. So Nelson, at the end of this, this might not be anything that you need. And Honestly, I hope that's the case. I don't love it whenever people like are in like a bad situation and like really need me. My goal is to help you improve based on on where you already are. But if you don't need my help, that's totally okay. If we get to a no, because this isn't what you need, would you mind letting me know? Right? So I start my calls. So that way Mm -hmm. at the end of the call, if they're not sure, if if they're thinking about it and stuff like this, okay, maybe this isn't what you need. 
right? Like I've even said this to people, hey, Nelson, if, if we're not at a hell yes at the end of this conversation, it probably should be a no. Are you okay working with that kind of our, like our working agreement? And then we get to the end of it. Hey, what do you think about this? I think it's okay. Okay, so it's a no. Because we talked about if it's not a hell yes, it should be a no. Yeah. So it's about your intention. I think that's For, a very, um, I think that's a very elegant and intelligent takeaway close. Yeah. I mean, psychologically, if we're just looking at the technique, it, it, it is a takeaway because you're not telling me what I what I need to move the deal forward. But the the opposite is putting all the pressure on them to tell you no, right? And depending upon personality, depending upon how many, like, think about the last bad salesperson you dealt with who you lied to because you weren't sure that you could be honest with them. I've lied to salespeople and this is what I do all day, right? And so there is that manner of, we're going to lie to get away from someone if we don't think we can be honest with them. Right. So build the environment so that way they can be honest with you. And that way you don't have to do this chasing and following up and just checking in and in these wasted steps that sales reps do because they would rather thrive and maybe than get clarity and move on. Yeah. So let me ask you something. Does with, with the type of people that come to you, does that ever change your process? And what I mean by that is, I've noticed that I have to be very, very cognizant of on referrals that I have to be very, very cognizant of doing my entire sales process with them mm -hmm. and not, not jumping past or assuming, right? Because they're mm -hmm. at my door. So what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think, um, I think when your process can be aligned, no matter where it's coming from, you're going to be better set up for success, right? Because the, it doesn't matter if it's coming from a word of mouth referral, you should still have a discovery process to figure out if it's someone that you want to work with. And if it's someone you think you can do a good job for, don't just take it for granted that because Bill said you guys should meet. And now Tim is saying that like Bill said great things about you and he wants to buy from you, that everything is going to be golden and great. You're not going to have any struggle points. Like that's kind of absurd thinking, right? Yeah. It, w with consulting, with this kind of stuff, you're you're going to have struggle points. You're going to have these moments of confusion, maybe debate around tactics and strategies and things like that. So when your inbound process mirrors your, your outbound process, right? Discovery to figure out if, if you want it, if you need it, and, and if you're going to like it the way that we do it, as well as qualifying for the major kind of pitfalls that kill deals. Mm -hmm. When that's the same, you're going to be better because you, because you know, the brain can only hold so many things, right? So when you've got too many things going on, right? One process for inbound, one process for outbound, one process for referrals and stuff like that, you're asking for a whole lot of people to not own any part of it. But when you can say, great, like th this happens to me all the time because, um, and there's a little bitty versions of this. Like right now I'm hiring for a role and normally everybody just schedules using my Calendly link, right? Like you have it, all my clients have it and things like this. But with these people, I'm doing a more manual process to schedule the, the job interviews. And it's messing with me because I'm just so used to saying, here's my link, here's my link, here's my link, here's my link. These people don't know me, so I'm being a little bit more manual. Okay, how's Thursday? And I'm, I'm creating gaps because I'm so reliant on this process over here and I'm not following it to a T in this kind of thing. And I'm not practiced enough to stay on top of it, right? So yeah. like I was... I was thinking about this morning of just like, how much easier would it be if I could just go to these people that I'm trying to schedule these interviews with and say, Hey, this is the best way to get on my calendar. Just if you can find some time that works for you here, 
please do so, right? And really, that's what I should be doing because that's how I do everything else. Like, I'll get leads from people and they're like, please call me immediately and here's my phone number. No, sorry, that's not how I work, right? Like, I'm not on your time. I'm on my time and we can schedule an appointment. We can talk about what you need and stuff like this, but I'm not just endlessly available because you now have a problem, right? I have other responsibilities, other people that I have to help. So process is, it can be the big thing. It can be very small things. Like how do you get the meeting? How do you determine if the meeting is worth your time? How do you determine if they should get a proposal? You know, there's, there's zoom in moments, but you also have to be able to zoom out and look at the whole thing as a whole. And are you, are you building a process that's followable? Right, because well, I think the processes you touch on on those. I think the processes and the procedures are. We talked earlier about the expectations of the relationship and how to you know say no to somebody or not, and the your actions and your the way that you deal with them in every sort of process is set those expectations. Right, like yep. just if, you, if they say call me immediately and you call them immediately, they think that you're going to set the expectation that they could do that. Yep. Right. So parting, starting and setting those expectations, not just with the conversational, but even with that, up, the workflow up to the conversation, right? Yes. You can identify and hell, you may even identify something in that process that, you know, they're not willing to do and you're not willing to take them on as a client because of that. Exactly. Right. Like right. I, and- we used to do that a lot with the, uh, with our hiring process, right? If you, we would, you, you didn't, you weren't able to respond back to the ad. You had to email us. That was in an email address that was in the very bottom of the ad. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't email your resume to that, then we didn't look at, we didn't pay anything that was a career builder. Right. Yep. Can't pay attention to directions. Yep. So, you know, those things of, I think you, you bring up a very good point in, in that controlling your time is not just about your sanity, but it's about setting the expectations with your, your business and your clients and the people that you yep. work with about the access that they get. You've always, I've, I've always appreciated the, you know, the amount of how you do your time blocking, you know, with the social media stuff in the morning and then, going, you know, and, and doing the calendar, like it is very, very controlled. And that's honestly, that's what I appreciate about a lot of your processes. That's, you know, why we're trying to bring Dylan into them and mm-hmm. <laughs> him into them and, um, because of how, how controlled they are. But so you have, you have adaptive growth. We have Sherpa, sales Sherpa. Where mm-hmm. do people go to sales Sherpa? Is that a program they can buy like exclusively by itself? Or is that only through adaptive growth? Where can people get access to these things? Great question. Um, We're in the middle of building out a lot of things around the book, right? Because the book is great for kind of getting the methodology and my ideas out there, right? And to your thing about process, right? If someone wants to coach with me, I ask them to read the book first, right? Because if, you know, I can spend my time educating about who I am and my thoughts and my methods, or I can just ask you to read the book and the book is going to be less rushed because it's meant to be educational. It's meant to be at your own pace and stuff. It's also going to give you a really clear vision on the fact if you're going to be able to learn from me or not. Right. And so what's, what's really interesting is that we have the book out and. And show us that book. Yeah, for sure. So selling from scratch. (laughs) We talked about the processes and and methods, but selling from scratch, how to sell more by simply being human. That's yes. awesome. Yes, it is Hold on Amazon. Um, we have the Kindle version, we have a paperback, and then we actually did the audio book version in-house. So I created a little studio so that we would have good good sound. And I read the whole thing, we edited it up and it's an Audible exclusive. So no matter how you That's like cool. to get your books, we have a way th- to help out with that. But the the book is now part of the process. I'll link to this, this podcast as well, so you guys can all access that. Yes. So. 
that takes some of the pressure off of me of like, okay, like, let me go educate this person and, and make sure they've got the right expectations and everything else like this. Now, what's cool is that some people stop in the first chapter, right? Because I make this very bold statement that sales is noble in the very first chapter, if you are noble in how you approach it, right? Interesting. And I've had people who hate the idea of selling, like wouldn't even consider it, read the book, put it down and call me and be like, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. Like, I just thought it was all just fake and bravado and everything else. And turns out that's not true. Tell me more. What do you mean? You know, and then we get to have a really cool conversation about it. But if you don't have that lights on moment, I might not be the right coach for you. And that's okay. I might not even be a consultant who's going to be able to help your team. And that's also okay. Like, I don't want to work with people who are bad fits. Like it's, it's a nightmare for me because like, I'll just sit and spin of like, okay, how do I make this better? How do I fix this problem? How do I, how do I get them to do what, what they need to be doing? If I'm not the right fit for you, you're not going to listen to me and that's okay. And you should be working with someone that you do want to listen to. And I think that that's really important because consulting and coaching is expensive and it should be because you're meeting those, those people exactly where they are to help them get more done. Talk about, talk about that with me about with your process and, and understand that. Cause one of the things that, you know, I, I find a little trouble with, and I mean, we've through the various companies through, you know, my marketing company and then through lead genius as well, we've tried to, um, make offerings for all the different levels. So I don't have to say no to people. Mm -hmm. Right. But how important is it to say no? And how often should you say no? <laughs> so <laughs> to me, no is the most interesting part of the sales conversation, honestly, because there's so much that happens, right? When you can be the salesperson who shows up and asks for a no or sets an expectation that you want to be told no, you're immediately creating distance between yourself and who they think a salesperson should be, right? Yeah. And so right then and right there, you're starting off different than how they view most salespeople, which is really, really important, right? Because then all the way through the conversation, if you've done a good job of starting the conversation by saying, hey, this might be a no, I might have to tell you no, you might have to tell me no, are both those things okay? Sure, right? You start talking about, let's call it budget. Okay, what's your budget for this? And they say, well, it's like $500, right? And you're at 5,000. Okay, I'm not sure that we can get there. Should we call it over? You have this backstop that you can always kind of refer back to that keeps the conversation on like equal footing. Right. So I, I think in the beginning, when you're small, you should say no to most things. I think you should say no to anything that isn't almost an exact fit for the avatar or the ICP, because I think from my own experience and, and from working with like lots of solopreneurs and smaller companies, taking on too much, that's all just like a little bit different leads to burnout and leads to like not being able to deliver a good experience or service because you're doing too many things for too many people. So yeah as you begin to scale and get team and improve your product and you know, you're more confident in the, in the, the product fits a certain group of people, then you can start to try certain things like, okay, well, they don't really meet the ICP, but they seem like good people. They seem like they're going to treat us as humans. Let's take a shot and see if we can work together. But like that stuff, the way that I think about it is like a case by case basis. And that's where having a really great salesperson, right? Because if you're the owner, like, you might need to go have a conversation with the salesperson about their prospects of like, okay, why do you think this person is going to be a great fit? Should we just say no? And that allows them to say, Hey, this one's a little bit weird, but I think we can do a good job. Okay. Why? You know? So 
and by starting at no, like whenever we're defining sales process, we always start with no. Like, what do you always say no to? Right. And we start with the sheer absurd. Well, if we if they want it for free, we tell them no. OK, great. What if they want it for a dollar? Still a no. OK, what if it's a thousand dollars? Well, that's a maybe. OK, what makes it a good maybe? What makes it a bad maybe? Right. Yeah. Because process is about empowering your salespeople to be more because they have the systematic knowledge necessary. Right. And if you don't do that, if you don't take the time to lean into that and really educate the salesperson on who their great fit is, they're going to go try to make great fits, especially if they're commission only, because that's the only way they get to eat. So it's very, very true. Very true. I like that. I appreciate that very much. And I think that the uh, that was one of the things that, you know, I had to definitely, like I said, given my background and, you know, we 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 did timeshares and, and phone service. <laughs> you know, and the. <laughs> You don't get notes. You hang up or buy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like what that, it is. Was, that was one of the hardest things for me to learn because coming from like corporate and retail sales, you, you always made the pitch and you always followed up and you always tried to do yeah. these things. And when I started working with my business partner in the website design realm, it was, if they don't want it the way that we do it, you got to find a way to tell them no and let them off the hook gracefully. And I would be like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. We're going to smash it for him, right? Every Everything that every other new salesperson says. And he was like, no, they're going to hate it. They're going to hate it. And then we, I closed some deals that I should have said no to. I should have disqualified. And then it was a nightmare. It was a mess. And it was only a mess because I had said yes, right? I let my ego get in the way as opposed to falling back to, are they qualified, right? Qualified yeah. is a binary state. It is a yes or a no. There's no room in between. So when you ask questions about the deal killers and about your about your like specific avatar, if it's all yes, awesome. If it's all no, that's also awesome because it means you don't need to put more time and effort into this individual opportunity. And there's so greatness did it, there. Did it take you having those roadblocks and getting those couple different nightmares to really make the impact, or was that a, or was it more of a, I guess a self awareness that like you know, no is part of these and I need to, I need to accept it and go to somebody that's better and buy, like, did it help you hone your process or did it really just kind of allow you to be more, I guess, take more guidance? <laughs> Man, that's a great question. I'm pretty stubborn. Um, for as much as I like to learn, I can be very stubborn when it comes to learning new things. And so, we had a coach that I was spending two hours a week with, and I was spending eight hours a day with my business partner. So I would cold call someone and be like, Hey, I think your site looks like crap. Can we help you improve it? You son of a burr, burr, burr. My nephew made this site for us. We love it. Okay. That didn't work. Why oh, the ugly work? baby syndrome question. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it, it was, you know, well, I can get there. I can get there. And, and my business partner, because he was more practice, he would just, okay, man, try it again. Try it again. Right. And so when the student is ready, the teacher will appear is like one of my favorite sayings, because <laughs> I think two years earlier, I wouldn't have been able to hear any of this from my coach or from my business partner. I think I just would have still been trying to slam deals that didn't make any sense. And honestly, I wish that I'd gotten there sooner. Right. Because I still there for a while. I was very appreciative of no, but I was still just thinking that I could still make most people a yes. Right. Which is not the right way. Right. My intention is still about trying to be clever and trying to talk people into stuff against their will as opposed to, cool, I respect your view of it. I don't agree that you don't need my help, but I respect your view that you think you don't need my help. Let's just call this thing over, right? 
And then I had my Jerry Maguire moment, right? I'm sitting in a coffee shop. I'm talking to a lead, talking about their website. And I'm asking all my pain probing questions. And I have this moment to where I'm just sitting there and uh, like, I'm just mad at myself, like, like in my head, like I go through a weird process whenever I'm in the middle of a conversation because I have a stutter. And so I'm always very thoughtful about what is coming out of my mouth because I don't want to trigger them, my stutter and I know what will and what won't. Right. So it causes me to be very intentional with my words. And so it makes me great for sales because I'm always thinking about like, what do I need to say to this person? Right. It's just, it's just a little bit extra, but if you, if you are just rattling off the cuff, you're going to say things that make people mad. You're going to say things that are get, that are going to get misinterpreted and it makes it difficult. So I'm in there, I'm having this conversation and then I just get mad and I'm not even thinking about them or myself or anything else like this. Like, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what I looked like in this moment because I'm sitting there and I'm drinking this coffee and I'm just like, it sucks that I'm only excited about a conversation when someone is in a bad spot and have to hire me. Like I can't get any joy when I'm sitting down with someone and they're like, you know what, John, my website is fantastic. I can make all the changes myself and I already own everything and we love it and it brings in everything that we needed to do. I should be happy for that person, but I didn't have the bandwidth to do so because I was just looking at these conversations as if you don't need me, what am I doing here? Kind of thing. And that's when some of the change started to happen was like, was like after that moment of like, I don't want to just be excited when you need me. I want to be excited whenever you don't, because I don't want people to be in bad spots in their business. I want them to have success, like even without having to hire me. So I go back to my sales coach and this was a group coaching class. And there's probably eight of us. I went to the early morning class and not a lot of people did. And so not a lot of people in there. next class. I'm feeling very, I'm proud of this realization that I've had. And I was like, can I talk about something? And they're like, yeah, of course, John, what's up? And I just lay this all out there and everybody's like, do you not like money? And I'm like, I love money. You know, they're like, they're like, what happened to John? You know, because like the week before I'm like, I'm, I'm soaking it all up. I'm going to go use this immediately. Like, like watch me. I, like, because I was the person who, because of Kung Fu and because of poker, if you give me something, a technique, I'll go practice it and try it a couple of times and then report back. Like, I won't just like, oh, that's great. And then not ever use it. I'm very much the guy who's going to go try trial by fire, even if it doesn't serve me. And so I was that person, that person, oh, guess what I did? I used this question and guess what they did? They moved, you know, and all this other stuff. And so then to show up and be like, don't we want to have people in our, in our fields and our networks who don't need our help? Because like in that, what's best for them, it was a, it was a kind of a big change for the people around me. So it's interesting. it started there. You said something that was really interesting there. You, you make sure your words are intentional. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Man. So within a couple of reps, I don't care what the pipeline is. You, you've got some great vision on like what's normal at the end of a conversation, right? And when you can really kind of, my coach called it like what's the home run versus what's the base hit versus what's the, what's the strikeout, right? And when you know those kinds of outcomes, when you know what's normal, you know what's customary, you know what your goals are, you know what's normal, you can then say, you can, you can put that into the conversation. And what it does is it provides clarity and vision for them as well, right? So Nelson, at the end of this conversation, what normally happens is we'll have a, a quick discussion on, on if we should keep talking more. So this is about me trying to learn as much as I can about your business. This is not a sales pitch at all. If you catch me selling anything, please like just punch me in the face because that's not what this is about. I sometimes get excited, but 
this is for me to learn because you might not need me at all. And so at the end of this, we'd love to have a quick check-in to see if we should keep talking or not. Then we get to the end of the conversation. Hey, what should we do now? Right? So by being very intentional around the fact of like, I know what's normal. I can set an expectation of, hey, here's what normally happens. And so then you can, it's not just me being like, hey, do you want to? And you have in that moment of like, do I want to? Do I trust this person or anything else like this? Like just by using the word, what normally happens indicates that I've been here at least one more time than you have. Yeah. Right. So like those little things make, make a huge difference in your conversation because when you're intentional, Hey Nelson, we might be here. We might be here. Either one is totally okay. That is the, the decision is yours. I don't like being that kind of pushy salesperson. You feel comfortable letting me know. It's being very intentional around the fact that I would rather have clarity than a maybe at the end of this chat. I think that's a, I think that's an awesome point to, to close on is, you know, make sure in your conversations to have clarity, like in everything. I think that's not just in, in your sales relationships. I think it's in, in business and management, right. And, and staff and all of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of things that can come about and how do we get clarity by reading John's book? <laughs> <laughs> so show us that book one more time before we close John. Selling from scratch. It's on Amazon. Um, if you like the audio, the audio is the coolest thing I've, I've ever built creatively. Like I, I have a business, we've had a podcast. I've done lots of very cool things. The audio book is the thing that I'm most proud of as far as like putting thoughts out, out in the world. The, um, my partner is the editor of my book. And so she gets to read some of it and we actually have our daughter on the book as well. So it's very much like a family cool thing that we got to do. Um, nice. and yeah, it's very, very, very cool. I'm a, I'm a huge a uh, fan of audiobooks, and so I was very nervous about like, could we pro could we produce one that was going to be at the same level? And I think we did a really good job on it. That's cool. I can't wait to. I, I will listen to it for sure. Uh, awesome. I think that that's dope. I didn't realize it was on audio. I will. I want to listen to that version as well. Cool. Um, so, John, again, thank you seriously for your time. I really do appreciate it. Um, as I'll look up, John, I've i've been working with john for about three or four years now and you know one thing that i always it, it always impresses me and it always allows me to um just get some clarity you know in certain things i, I do find that and that's that's one of the things i i think is really really important with your sales process it'll also eliminate your frustration too you know one of the things that you talk about is the sales as a noble process right sales is a noble process right people don't find out things without people being a mouthpiece to it. Right. Yep. And, but if you don't feel good at the end of the day on it, you're not going to have that process. And I think one of the, one of the parts that frustrates people so much is not having that clarity, right. The getting the nose or the, the hangups or, yep. um, and it's, you know, that can all be solved pretty simply by just having very in-depth, you know, conversations that are specific to them, you know, and, yeah. and their, right. Yeah, so, for sure. Clarity. You make sure your words are intentional. That's going to be the point. It's going to be a headline. <laughs> Thank you. Intentional <laughs> words. So, John, I appreciate it very much. Thanks a lot for being our first guest and being on here. And with that, I will close our first 10 figure podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. We will be back next week. And we've got a really, really cool guest uh, scheduled as well for you all around AI. And you can kind of touch on some of the stuff we talked about in here. So, thanks a lot. Have a great day, guys.